life, it's life, it's life. Where's my sting? Okay, great. Alright, means. Alright. Can y'all see it? Hold on. No, no, I can't see it. Where is I, it? I got the notification already. The notification from where, boss? On Facebook, man. How <laughs> oh, come, uh, uh, you're part of it, lah. Because right. I always watch, uh, I think that's why. That's why they, now they notify me. Alright, yeah. man. I see it. What is right. up, everybody? Good What's afternoon. Up, <laughs> uh, this Good is morning. Alvin and Jace from the City Music Podcast. Today we are joined by a local guitar hero legend, man. A homegrown uh, guitar hero. And uh, if you guys don't know, this is Jonathan Cole. He's worked, Hi, with, guys. Uh, he's worked with many uh, local and Taiwanese producers. He has toured around the world with Dick Lee, Eric Mu, Ame, Chang Sheyo, George Lam, Stephanie okay, San. No. Don't know, don't know, boom, ah. <laughs> the list goes oh, on, ah. Uh, periphery, uh, yeah. Then, uh, these this, this days, Jonathan is a YouTuber with uh, more than 12,000 subscribers on his channel and growing. He's doing fantastic reviews on guitars, gears, and now he's doing live stream discussions and all that. And it's, 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 it's very nice, lah. And uh, it's nice to have you on the show with us. Thanks for Thank doing you. This. Thank you for having me. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, how, yeah. how have you been, man, these days? Too, this too early, lah. Too early. Too <laughs> early. I'm supposed to be in bed right now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's not the first time we heard somebody say that on the show. That's too yeah, early. Yeah, you look at Jace, you know that it's too early. Already. It's too early, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 what's up, guys? Eighteen Fu is on the stream. What's up? We're going live with him later, actually. Tonight. That one is the, the 9 pm slot. <laughs> you guys are so busy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Uh, the, 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 the industry is changing a little bit with this current like CV. Yeah, yeah, damn CV. Yeah. Ing Long says hi, John. <laughs> hi, Long. Alright. Okay, I'll need to share this, man. So, how, how have you been, John? How's you and your family? How are you all holding up in this current time? Uh, for me, I'm okay because like, I'm so used to working at home. So it's it's not it's pretty the normal thing that I do. Um, my daughter is apparently uh, not used to this because she's she's working in the office and everything. She goes out to meet people, so she's she's suffering that the lack of of human <laughs> interaction. Yeah, <laughs> I guess most young people like you guys are, are going through that lah because you guys are young, vibrant. You know, you need to go out. Uh, People. You know, they, they, say, they say musicians, right, we are, we are built to be able to, like, stay at home. Oh, this is what we really? Yeah, because, really? like, we like to keep, cook ourselves at home and just, like, play guitar. <laughs> Practice our yeah, 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 probably when we are younger and then we do have girlfriends, we probably do that. Uh, <laughs> once we have a relationship and a bunch of friends to hang out with, especially those who, you know, uh, they are good friends. So, so you, I think it's kind of hard for you to stay at home unless you're really dedicated to what you do, lah. You know, back oh. in the days when I was young, of course, I spent like, in fact, I don't have girlfriends, so no girlfriends, nobody liked me. So, <laughs> so I'll be at home playing my guitars for like maybe like seven, eight hours. Yeah. Every day, every day, you just do that. You know, you go to work, you come back, you play guitar until like 1 a.m. You go and sleep. This morning, you go to work and then you come back, you play guitar. And that, that's just how I spent my days. Uh, actually, this is, this is like my schedule. I mean, my nowadays, work. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that sounds like Jace right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, last night, okay, the good thing about working at C Music is that I go home, I play bass, then I sleep, and I go to work and I play bass again. 
Yeah lah, no lah. You play bass also in city music. Yeah, that's why I see. I, I play all day. <laughs> you guys got no, the best. It's now that now that I'm not working, right? Is that I actually don't play as much. <laughs> when we're talking, my 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 Google assistant is talking to me. No Google, shut up. <laughs> that's why I tell CEO all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you guys say that I'm a connoisseur of guitars. I'm not a connoisseur, okay? You know what's like, what are connoisseurs, right? Connoisseurs are those guys who... Who, 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 who drink the like, wine, like swivel and what? No, no, no. I mean, as, as far as guitars are concerned, uh, they will dwell in all those expensive guitars. I'm not, I'm not. I'm actually a very pragmatic uh, guitar player, so I don't actually spend a whole lot of money on gear mm. um, unless it's worth spending the money. Huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I actually heard that when watching the, the Daniel Chai interview that you did. Mm. Yeah, so like I, I remember yeah. you were saying that also like uh, that you don't really go for the super like boutique or high end stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, I, I think, think yeah. sorry. Uh, I think like the from your guitar collection that I see on your YouTube and all these, like when you do make a purchase, right? Those are always like workhorses, like the things that you know you can just bring out like to any. You don't need to worry about like banging or what. Like you know those that were like just like steady, reliable. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are what you were spent on. Yeah. That that's 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 my idea of a of a gigging guitar lah. You know the GNL Comanche that I bought, you know, I was so I was so I was so like um well, this is not a plug for CD music and GNL and this is just like this guitar that I bought and that I really totally fall in love with it. So I went I brought it to my gig, my last gig, my very last gig in uh, in Reno, uh Atlanta City. And uh, fell in love with it because it performed really good on stage. Then I brought it home without a scratch, okay? It came back without a scratch. Then I put it here, right here. And then my power supply for my tube might drop on it. Oh, no. Oh, oh, it. Oh. You know? So oh. the first time when I saw this, I go like, ah, uh, you know? Then I kind of realized, eh, this is what guitar should be. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true, that's true. kind of. Right. Right. Now you have you to see- relic it. Yeah, you see people paying like thousands of dollars, you know, for for a relic fender, you know, people like why, boss? Yeah, just do, yeah. just draw a tube mic on here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can you can help relic, uh. yeah, we yeah, are yeah. we are we are fellow uh, Comanche owners, me and you, John. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm the cheapskate, uh, as you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> why? No lah, uh, tributes the... are just as nice, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah just... tributes are fantastic. Uh. Yeah, so I love yeah. the Comanche also, fantastic. <laughs> And I think like you're one of the first few people to really showcase the Harley Bentons mm. on YouTube, right? You know, I think like you really went viral for quite a bit with your Harley Bentons. I think the Harley Benton has been around for a long time. Uh, I'm not the first one. I'm not. I'm not even the earliest one to actually uh, feature the Harley Bentons. It's just that a lot of them uh, didn't like highlight what is the the highlights of the Harley Benton guitars, you know, because yeah. uh, they're actually very playable guitars. And uh, it's easy to swap, like, you know, to do mods, like changing up pickups, you know, and doing the electronics, changing electronics, and even like little things like, you know, the nut and all that, the tuners. So there's a lot of ways to, to make a, like, uh, $240 play and feel like a 700 800 or even $1,000 guitar. So that's a the, that's the good point about Harley Benton's. But other than that, I mean, women, Chinese people say, "一分 So, yep. <laughs> the 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 wood and all that, of course, you you don't expect too much, lah. Not like the GNLs or the PRSs or the you know, the, the the Gibsons and all that, where they use really good wood and all that. 
But on the flip side of the coin, you know, even though they are they are really high quality woods, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll play as good as a Harley Benton. In fact, every guitar is about the same. Whether you're Harley Benton, Les Paul, Fender, GNLs, it's a matter of whether you are accustomed to the neck that you're playing, uh, whether you are accustomed to the sound of the, the pickups. And that's why I always advocate that, you know, guitar players should not just buy online because buying you online... Try, like, you have to try it. Yeah, yeah, it's like me buying like a, a underwear, you know, online. <laughs> Oh no, except, except you can't try those. What are you talking about, John? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Maybe not underwear, like shoes, like shoes, like you know. Because it's actually for cycling shoes. I cycle, right? So I have those two ones. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then you, you gotta have the shoe that, that actually fit you so that it doesn't cram out on your on your on your feet. Because in long distances, you, you your feet is gonna swell because as you exercise, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you need to try on the shoes. Same with guitars, you need to try on the shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we end up we end up describing that to a lot of customers. So it's like uh, the way we play is different. So it responds differently in a different person's yeah. hands. You know, yeah, so yeah, the same yeah. guitar sounds right. nicer in somebody I, I, else's hands as compared to yours. I you guess know? it's it's normal uh, for every uh, 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 guitarist starting out that they 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 look forward to a role model and then they want to you know to emulate what this role model sounds like. You know, so they will try to get as as close as possible to the gear that yeah they are. You know, yeah. the role model. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, we have a, quite a few friends in the stream. Yeah, 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 we got some nice, nice comments coming from uh, from Remy. <laughs> Jonathan Cole, oh. my hero. <laughs> and from Mayuni Omar. Hi, John, my, my idol. Omar. Yeah, man. Yeah, Remy has a Squire Bullet Strat serving him very well. And he said he met you. He almost purchased your Tech 21 SSL pedal and had a good chat. About music and your passion for God. Wow. Mm. Thanks, Remy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for watching us on the stream. Today, yeah. we're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh. It's quite relaxed. One, uh. So far, our podcast all like that. Uh. Quite chill. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, not, not too chill until I fall asleep. Uh. Not too yeah. chill. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, John. I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> John, maybe can you tell us like um, how do you get started in like the whole YouTube thing? The whole YouTube thing. Okay, well, basically the 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 motivation to do a YouTube channel was to was this desire in me to kind of tell people about my faith, my Christian faith. That's one. Uh, number two is I think it's more important is to kind of bring some sort of uh, help or, you know, um, guidance or anything like, you know, some, some, any, any sort of help to uh, budding musicians who are struggling because like, when I was struggling, I didn't have anybody to, to help me because, you know, right. you, you were young, nobody knows you, nobody gave a whoop of who you are. So uh, getting advice is very hard and you can't get advice from shops because they'll try to rip you off. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we, your boss, your 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 old boss, really, you know, he's he's one of the nicest around back, back then, and so is uh, Peter Song from Sweely. But when I was growing up, I didn't have any uh, buddy to advise me on what to get, what gear to get, you know, what you should do. So I thought the YouTube channel was uh, was really good instead of just you know telling people about my faith, which which was what I wanted to do at first, right? And uh, I, I, I actually um, waited for the time to actually start the YouTube channel. Right. And it started with just predominantly guitars. Uh. It's still a, it's predominantly a guitar. It's not a faith-based uh, uh, channel. A lot of people do not uh, come 
misconstrued the idea that I'm actually doing a faith-based uh, uh, channel, and some actually took offense, okay, because I'm, I'm talking about Jesus, little things, and then they go, oh, wait, what are you talking about Jesus, you know, you know, you know I'm, I'm out of here, okay, say bye. <laughs> it's not I don't care, it's just that uh, this is my channel, and then you, you have your freedom to to not listen to me, you can just tune out anytime you want, you don't have to take offense and, and post a lot of uh, nasty things, you know, about 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 me or my faith or whatever. And I'm telling you, some of it actually comes from fellow Christians. <laughs> mm. Ah, you're going to what? Right. So um, it, it's it's an enjoyable ride, lah. I, I guess the, the 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 actual motivation is to help people, lah. And uh, I, I I I'm so I'm so happy with the community that I have in in the channel because they're all so nice people. Even those who are yeah. non-believers, you know, they don't have to be Christians, you know, just cool cats, you know. They're just chill. Yeah, we were just talking about this the other day that it's like a, it's like a, somewhat like a global community because as I was seeing your live stream is like people from everywhere like Sweden, India, yeah, 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 yeah. crazy Germany, you know. And then you also can speak multiple languages. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I got some buta, I blah, blah, blah. Okay, la, convincing, la, convincing. Come yeah. style, I heard you say that on the live stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 a it's a it's it's a a, a, a mishmash of of um, of desire la. Like you know, I I desire to kind of bring some sort of uh, community together so that we can just talk about guitars and how to yeah. help. But a lot of them are really interested. Like you know, some of these uh, uh, even Americans or what? It, not all Americans are into uh, premier brands like Gibson and and Les Pauls mm, and that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, they're actually looking for, like, like me in the pragmatic you know pragmatic guys who just want a working guitar yeah and I'm, I'm blessed because throughout this whole YouTube thing I got to know uh, good players you know really good players like this guy called John Carroll <clears throat> you know uh, from Nashville I think he's from Nashville or Texas Texas great player you know and he was so humble and there are so many humble musicians in the world and right. that's what uh, that's what grabbed me in my heart. I mean, these guys are all killer players. They play circles around me anytime, okay? But they're so humble, and they're very nice. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, nice. Hey, we got some we got some questions in the, uh, right. in the comment section. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining in for the chat. We have uh, Jian Yang coming in as well. Uh, Lei Hun, this is yeah. Uh, Jonathan's channel is called Jonathan Cole. And hey, Jeffrey. Uh, yeah, we need to post the link. We need to post the link. I'm going to go ahead and do that now. So I'm going to share the link to... John. Hey, Jeffrey, thanks for tuning in, man. I hope you're enjoying your guitar. We are all using the same chair, man. We are all using the same chair. <laughs> this uh, is not a sponsored... Not sponsored. sponsored by <laughs> okay, Secret Lab, if you're watching, like, feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> City Music needs some Hi, new chairs. Huh? Jonathan Cole. Oh, yeah. Alright, I just got the... YouTube link. Okay. I, I want I want the ping Titan. Hey guys, okay, I'm just going to let everybody know. Hey guys, this is Jonathan's this one's for the comment section voice channel. Please check. You know, uh Mike was asking me that day about Secret Lab, then like me and Alvin were like saying that you know how Secret Labs are great. And I was saying you should watch like Jonathan's review on Secret Lab. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I thought, uh, I thought, yeah, I thought it'd be fun to do a review on chairs and guitars. Yeah. So. Uh, hey, Yong Feng, yeah, I do take out the, I took out the armrest on my secret labs. Like, so, I see that's the thing with like, like chairs, right? It's like most gaming chairs is that you you can't really like play guitar on it because the armrest get in the way. 
right? So like, I think like, what I really like about Superlet is that you can take out the armrest and that's like a lot of like, you know, like cheaper chairs or even like other gaming chairs, right? Is that the armrest is attached to the back, but like secret, you don't need it, and you can like play like in any position you want. Okay, just like. Right. So yeah, I have the the armrest taken out. Go and drop a like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, man. Well, let's see. Right, uh, let's see. We have Aiden joining in. What's up? What's up, Aiden? Alright, man. Champion, la. You have a, you have a, somebody calling you a champion, Mr. Jonathan? I'm just a working musician. <laughs> Trying to get by. That's all. How's your how's your journey like at the start? Uh? That's something I, I kinda wanna know. You started playing, if I remember correctly, you started playing professionally at 24. Mm. And then yeah. after that you went to like record in like multiple studios and stuff. Well I was I think the the best use uh, for me when it comes to learning right. uh, uh, was during the band use. So the band use stretched from 1984 all the way to maybe the end of 1990 or the beginning of 89. Uh, how many years? Ah? With the, uh, the band as in you, you and uh, like a years. group were performing live in like different venues at night and all that. Yeah, we, I had a band. I had a couple of bands actually. Uh, nice. So I was playing with Anne Verapaz. I was playing with a lot of people actually. Uh, Anne Verapaz, Tony Gunn from Speedway. Uh, and a whole lot of guys. And right? then um, we actually, I actually was one of the founding members of the Canton pop group called Typhoon, Ooh. which I think is still around. Uh, but all, all most of us has left. And uh, I was with my good brother, uh, bassist Peter Cole, the late Peter Cole. Mm. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. So we went through a whole lot. We went from, from Rainbow back then to all the Canton pops. Uh, Canton Pops. <clears throat> so it was uh, uh, a paradigm shift like, in many ways because we were playing hard rock, playing Gary Moore one day and then we were playing Jam Jing, Jam Jing, you know. <laughs> so, so it's like, um, yeah, like, so it's, it's, it's a wide paradigm shift. And, and Peter Cole actually uh, wasn't really used to it at, at the get-go. Uh, after three months or a month, he wanted to leave the group. You know, He wanted to leave this whole thing. So I convinced him to stay because the money was good compared to the English Ooh. side. Sorry, we dropped up there. So he, 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 he kind of like stay on after that. So in uh, 1990, I got an offer. No, actually, I wanted to get out of the, the, the whole night scene because it was... Uh, I think so, maybe Jace would know. Alvin is a good boy. He doesn't play at night. What? When you finish what I say about uh, what uh, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and then you don't go home until like 6 a.m., yeah. and then half the time... Most of the time, you're in an environment where everybody's smoking and there's a whole lot of weird, weird people. Anytime there's going to be a gang clash, and I'm talking about real gang clash back in those days, you know, not like simple, ah, what quantum boy is What you staring at? No, no, it's all parangto. You know, the parang uh, yeah. all come out. So those were the days. Uh. Uh, I decided uh, I don't want to be in that environment. You know, so I applied for a job in the studio. Mm. And it was a new studio, so I, I, I got in. So the. The chief engineer was Vincent Lim, the late Vincent Lim. Vincent Lim has a very colourful uh, history. He was one of the pioneers uh, in EMI Singapore. 
Oh. Right. So he was the one that recorded all the early groups like, you know, Tracy Wang, you know, all Matthew Mandarins and all that, all the old groups. He was the engineer in charge of all that. So I, I came under his wing and then he kind of like taught me what I need to know as a, to be a studio engineer. Yeah. But at that time, I was already playing sessions really. So, so I was doing like, you know, one leg on two boats. So I was doing session. I was doing work as a studio engineer. So sometimes I'll be recording myself. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so I get paid twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then like, that's the first time also I met up with Taiwanese people. Uh, uh, and I didn't, in case you all don't know, I don't speak a word of Chinese. Uh. <laughs> I still can't read Chinese. Okay, Wait, so my... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so from, from primary one all the way until I, I left the education system, my, my Chinese is at its zero. Oh, it's same, eh? Yeah, like yeah. so... become a guitar legend. No, 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 it's not about <laughs> that. It's, it's just that when I was working in the studio, there are a whole lot of uh, uh, Taiwanese producers that, that came in, like, you know, um, guys like Wu Sikai, you know, Ma Chao Jun and all these people, you know. So they were, they were there, they were nice. But we had communication problem lah. One duck and one chicken. <laughs> so so I'll be like, what do you want? They say, oh, well, what can you use that that knife? Knife, knife, can you use? What fool? Calling me a fool? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. No, that's so like sometimes I play session for that, right? Then they go, ah, uh, this this can you play a F F F? Why everything fool? Eh? F fool? You know so. After a while, I kind of, oh, okay, F chord, Neef, Neef console, you know, Neef, Neef strip, Neef EQ strip, that's the Neef. So they say Neefu. Yeah, so it's quite interesting. So I slowly picked up Chinese from them and then uh, kind of learned the accent so that I can communicate effectively with them. Right. And uh, yeah, lah. so it's been so many years, really. Right, okay, so some Go questions coming maybe. in. Right, uh, Aiden saying... Uh, he came to you came to his church to give workshop before worship workshop alright yeah uh, Remy's Lee asking Hood about your experience working with army <laughs> what was that like okay uh, did she make you a bad boy <laughs> so Aiden was like Alvin only play horror game at night so <laughs> <laughs> instead of gigging he go play horror game I was already a bad boy so to begin with so okay okay Ame 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 is a very interesting uh, um, she actually started out as a pop singer right so um, relatively unknown until Chen Fuming which is the boss of uh, forward music uh, discovered her and the debut album I didn't even know who she is okay so it was Ma Yifen the sister of Ma Zhao Jin who actually called me because I was writing songs then and then she called me and said, hey, you want to write a song for a, a singer? She's very good. I said, who? I said, this, uh, this girl, uh, Yan Zuming, you know, she's like, uh, you know Yan Zuming, right? You know, the Ame Zhu and all that. I don't know, I don't know where Ame is from, Ame Zhu, because her name is Ame. No, I don't Sorry, think I'm so. not very Mendo pop, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Ame is not her real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. she said, it's a, it's, a, it's a good singer. I said, okay, la. so I wrote a song. Uh, I wrote two songs for her. Uh, that song that I wrote for her that became hit uh, was written in Hong Kong when I was doing a production. Okay. I was in my hotel room. Uh, I was actually waiting to go to the studio for mixing, for mix down. Uh, and then 
it was raining. It was raining, so I cannot go shopping. So I then boring. So I stay in the in the room and say, okay, I, I need I need to do a song for Paula. So I wrote a song. So the song was Jetola. It took me like fifteen minutes to write the song. Wow! I just wrote it. I, yeah, without lyrics, la 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 la. You know, yeah, last yeah, time yeah. it was like that. You know? so I got a cassette tape with me. So I I sent the tape to Taiwan by courier service, and then about. What about three weeks later? I was back in Singapore. Then uh, she called me. My infant called me and said, "Hey, you want to listen to your song, nah? Uh, like how she sang, you know, the demo." I said, "Okay, yeah." Then, wow, <laughs> can sing. This girl can sing. Yeah. So we started uh, the arrangements, <laughs> recording, and yeah, the rest is like that. Nah. So touring with her was fun because our first tour, we, uh, she was so so green. She, I mean, that, that was her first concert tour. So she was like a small girl, lah. She's like my my our little sister, you know. So we kind of like. Had real a lot of fun. We'll go out together, party, go to hard rock, dance. You know, it's, it's quite fun. But as as her popularity, uh, became uh, uh, big. You know, like she became more popular. Then there were a lot of stringent um, obstacles. Uh. Right. Uh, so she can't hang with us as much as she would like to. Cause she always calls for us. Uh, it's like when after the show, where's the band? Where's the band? Everybody's like sleeping in the room, eh? Cause all, all old farts like me, we sleep early, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so where's the band? Where's the band? You know, yeah. Like. So by the time we, I toured with the last tour, an amazing tour in two zero one one. Yeah, the relationship is still there, but there's there's obviously a gap, uh, because there's many years that we haven't contacted each other, and then um, and she has her own entourage and. Yeah, so it's a different game altogether. It's a, it's a different scene altogether, mm. But I still maintain that she's a she's a nice girl. Well, she's a nice woman now. Uh, a good artist to work with. Very easy to work with. Incredible voice. Crazy! I can't believe we have you on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't, I can't believe I kn- I know the great Jonathan Cole. <laughs> what great lah? Please lah. <laughs> All right, we oh, got. You wrote, we got... You wrote Tieto, man, in fifteen minutes. In fifteen eh. minutes, eh? Oh my god. We have a we have a comment from somebody minutes, from I can't even Bhutan. Like, Fifteen minutes, I can't even finish taking a shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right, Kunga, who's he? He's he's actually like on our live streams before. He says oh. greetings from Bhutan. I have to no one to advise me on gear here, and because there are no music shops here with any decent gear or experience, I rely on online reviews. Glad to say I have never been dissatisfied with anything I've bought from C Music over the years. Thanks for the nice words, Kunga. You need to check out. Jonathan's yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, if you really want to see like guitar reviews, right? Check out uh, even like gaming chair reviews. <laughs> <laughs> and check out Jonathan's channel on Jonathan <laughs> O YouTube, right? Uh, see, like uh, hey Gary, thanks for tuning in. Right, Remy saying right, Ami's right, real right. name is Amita. No, yeah. I, I, it's like a weird, like a how to say? Is it? Not it? So weird, no, uh. I don't name so. that I never heard before. Amita okay, is I, is the alter ego of Ame. Yeah, yeah. But what I remember, so that this, like what um, Janet Jackson did at one time, where she has the dark side and you know the oh, actress. Right. So oh, that's why so Amita's cool. albums are all like hard rock. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just like different, different. Like she's tr- trying to portray different sides of her own like musicality as well. That's like yeah. that's like periphery and haunted shores, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's right, see. So uh, Gary is asking. Oh, anyway, Yongfeng is asking. Do you guys still have your first guitar? Yes. And which is the earliest purchase you guys are still holding on to and why? Okay, Jonathan, you answer first. <laughs> Do you have your first no, guitar? I don't have my first guitar. My first guitar is all gone. Man. 
Okay, but what is the earliest purchase yeah, now you, you are your... still holding on to? The earliest purchase I have. That you still have, that you still have. Yeah, I still have. Uh, well, my 1985 uh, Fender Strat, uh, made in Japan. Mm. Oh, that one, yeah. that one with the... That one is totally relic. Yeah, but uh, I, I share that a lot in your videos. Amazing sounding guitar. Yeah, it has EMGs and everything in it. So I, in fact, it was it was so underutilized that I actually left it in this room for many years until cobwebs and everything were forming. <laughs> and I, I saw it while I was I look at it, I can I scared like that one rotting decomposing corpse, you know, in my room. Took <laughs> 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 I put it under my bed, try to forget about it. Then after many years, I said, hey, I still got a strap underneath. So I took it out. Then I asked Wayne, you know, Wayne, I'm sure you guys know Wayne. So uh-huh. I'm like. Help me to revive the thing, so yeah, he did it. He and Kelvin, Kelvin So, mm. is it Kelvin So? Not Kelvin So, Kelvin what? Ah? From uh, guitar, what? Guitar workshop. Guitar connection. Guitar connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both of them kind of helped me to revive the guitar, lah. Nice. Okay. Alvin, what about you then? Oh, my one is my uh, Epiphone Les Paul. That was my first ever guitar that I, my my parents bought for me. Then um, recently got dropped by somebody that I lent it to. And then the neck broke. Then I sent it to Wayne also. <laughs> then uh, it was like kind of like cracked like a little bit. So so what he did in front of me, I'll never forget it. He just he just snapped off the thing. Then I was like, yeah, yeah you, you say to. it's easier to, to fix back, like completely broken. Yeah. Uh. And then it is uh, it was repaired and paid by the guy who dropped it. So um, I still have it with me, but I don't play anymore. <laughs> Sad. Uh. But then why I hold on to it for sentimental reasons. Uh. Yeah. It's not a fantastic guitar or anything. <laughs> 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 but I always yeah. be the one that I started with. Uh, Jace, eh? Yeah, Jace. My, my first bass is a Fender American Special. But that was also the very first bass I sold. <laughs> you didn't really, honestly, you didn't like it much. But I actually have my Fender Mexican. Is that the yeah. dark blue one? Yeah, the dark, the dark blue and gold one. And gold. Fantastic. Yeah. I think uh, played it before. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Yeah. This is my Fender Mexican Precision Special. Mm. Like, like I don't play it anymore. Like, but it has like sentimental reasons. Like, I actually bought it because of this like band I really like. Like the bassist was using this bass. And then I don't know. It just it just holds so much sentimental value to me. Like it's still a great sounding bass. It's just not the kind of sound that I really go for nowadays. Yeah, I can't sell it too much sentimental value. Oh, we got some interesting questions in the comment sections, man. It's getting saucy. Yeah, man. Wow, this is like when Jonathan <laughs> when Jonathan is in, right? Everybody is here. Right? Yeah, this 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 is a snippet of uh, what his live streams are like on YouTube. If you all can go and check it out, it's like except that one is global <laughs> scale. <laughs> Hi, Jonathan. Who are the Kento Pop stars you have worked with before? Any fun stories? Ask Gary. Wow. What kind, of, what kind of fun stories you looking for, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> and I a couple of them. I, I work with uh, Do Jiqi. Do is Andrew Twasen, which is a very good arranger and music director. Uh, Do uh, Do is what? Uh? I don't know the English name really. He's from Hong Kong. Uh. And then I work with Sandy, Sandy Lam. Ooh. Beautiful girl. Uh, Couple Alex, of them, uh. Alex Toe. Yeah, Alex Toe, that's right. And then uh, the recent tour is with George Lamb, you know. Oh, yes, yes. So, uh, I think one of the interesting uh, part of it is with Sandy Lamb. Well, the one thing, because Sandy Lamb actually looked like my wife. 
Ooh. or rather my wife looked like Sandy Lam. <laughs> so they had the little small eyes, you know. So uh, I was I was doing a session for her. And then her then boyfriend was the producer. I, 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 for a life of me, I can't remember her name. I remember his name. So I went to do a session for 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 him for her album. Nah. So when I was in form, the, the old form uh, record uh, studio. So I was setting up my gear on the table, the producer table, and then that is the, the console. And I knew she was around somewhere, but like, she's running all around like a little girl, what she's doing. So I was like setting up, and then next thing I know, I saw this face in front of me doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Sandy. La. So yeah. she got like, so interesting, huh? <laughs> what are you doing? So I, go, I said, uh, you're Sandy, right? I said, you're, if, as long as you're here, I can't play. La. <laughs> I, told her, I said, as long as your face is here, I cannot play. <laughs> and she laughed and she went to one, one side. It's a very cute girl, you know, and um, very friendly. That's all I know. And she's very bubbly. That's all I know about her. But I think life, you know, life is life. La. So uh, that, was after, that was actually before she knew Jonathan, the other Jonathan. Uh, she got married to him. Remember Jonathan? Um, what's the name? Jonathan Lee, Lee Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So actually, yeah, at the end, she she got married to him, and then it wasn't. Um, yeah, the marriage didn't work out. Yeah. Interesting, man. Oh, then I recorded for Lao Tawa. Uh, Andrew Lau, and, and what is it? Andrew Lau, Lao Tawa, Andy Lau. Andy yeah, Lau. Andy Lau. in Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Oh, you recorded for Andy Lau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So quite interesting, la. Shout yeah. out to shout out to Andy Lau if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> but certain it, stories. It up, Andy. Uh, certain stories, of course. Uh, you know, certain certain things should remain untold, la. Oh, juicy questions from Bernie, man. Hi, Jonathan. What's with you and Harley Benton? HB or GNL? Which one do you prefer? <laughs> He's putting you in the spot. <laughs> what HB? Harley Benton? Of course, you cannot compare. There's, there's, I mean, I get questions like this all the time in my, in my channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's no way you can compare. Uh, it's like asking someone whether you prefer, uh, say, uh, Transcap. <laughs> Transcap and NTUC, you know, I know that. <laughs> uh, I want to com- compare, like, you know, a uh, uh, main China guitar, like, you know, some of the Harley Bentons to, say, a PRS. You know, a lot of them actually ask me questions like this. Yeah. Because uh, Harley Benton came out with this model called the uh, uh, CST24, which is actually a clone of the the yeah, CST, the PRS CST. A lot of the Harley Bentons, they are not, you know, they are based on, like, uh-huh. certain models. I mean, even if you look at all the budget, like, even for like our like in-house man like cross man like it's all based on certain yes. famous yeah. models yeah. Right? Yes. I mean it, that's how that's how it is in the industry everybody's yeah. copying from someone mm. so you can't actually compare la. as I said before even change even war so you get what you paid for la. Mm. yeah like you cannot you can like compare like value versus like absolute quality right like so like if you say you for how much you're paying for Harley Benton, you know, like the value per dollar is probably better, maybe. Depends on who you are as a musician, right? But at the same time, like if you talk about absolute quality, that's not something that Harley Benton can achieve versus say a more expensive like high-end guitar, right? Yeah, yeah. I you know what? Uh actually I brought a I, I bought a Harley Benton um 
is in my room. The other guitar is in my room. Uh, uh, HSH, Humbucker, Single Humbucker, which is one of the earlier Fusion Pro series that they came up with. So I brought it for a gig uh, when I was in Genting with Eric Moore. And uh, I didn't like it. I mean, it sounded great in the studio. Okay, like, you know, it has this certain sound. But when I use it for a live show, it just doesn't have the depth. Like how the GNL has the depth or my Fender Strat has the depth. Mm. It just doesn't have it. Even my Ernie Ball Music Man has that depth, you know. Even though it's EMGs and the body is it's like a Skyhawk, you know, the, the small yeah, yeah, yeah. small shape. But it has a depth, you know. But the Harley Benton somehow, maybe because of the uh, the body, uh, it's mahogany, but then I, I guess... Mm, not really dense mahogany. Yeah, and mahogany has different grades as well. Huh? Yeah. So people tell me that you know that wood uh, doesn't uh, affect the tone at all. It's all dependent on the pickups. I say no, no. I played guitar for so many years. Wood does affect the tone. You know, the pickups have the majority of the say like, You know, like maybe seventy percent, but three percent of it is actually the wood. You know, even the neck, how thick the neck is, they how thin be. the neck is. So this is an ongoing uh, argument. Uh, people get wild up, you know, all, all get very violent, you know, start cursing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just did a post. Yeah, I just did a post about uh, fretboard, uh, you know, fretboard material. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah in uh, Telecaster, in a Telecaster forum. All, all get all riled up. I, I just like, the, the, the title of the video is Does fret, Fretboard Would Make a Difference? Yeah. That's the video title. Mm. Yeah. So I posted the music section on the forum. And they thought I'm asking them a question. So they answer all in their... They all give their two cents uh, wisdom. Nah. Mm. Then some of them get yeah. so offended, you know, and then start uh, start passing really, really nasty remarks, you know. So... No matter what community you are in, they are always like the diehard fanatics who, you know, and they were like... This is my opinion and you cannot have your opinion. I, I guess this... It's a good subject to touch on. I don't. Uh, I'm not reading the the, the, the answers. I think it's, it's a good subject to touch on about ego. Hmm. Uh, a lot of these uh, so um, comments that they come out with, like you know, this this is what I think, and that's it. You know, you can you can you can talk until the cows come home. This is what I think, yeah. and they're trying to enforce their idea upon people, and they're doing it very forcefully. So. This this problem is universal in, in a lot of musicians. I, I guess in many ways we are all egoistical in, in many sense. Yeah. I am I I'm a Christian now, but I can admit that I was an egoistical bastard before. You know, uh, it's it's after many years of uh, going through what I went through, looking at how incredible players are out there and how incredibly humble they are, that I finally found out that What's the point? You know, what's the point of being egoistical? Mm. It, it, having ego and, and, and being that 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 a a hole can only get you that far because right. you know people like that that attitude, the age attitude, you know, of musicians. You know how musicians tend to swear a lot. <laughs> what are you talking right? about? Right? <laughs> no, okay, but you guys, you guys are one of the nicest. Uh. I cannot swear for the entire duration of this uh, live stream. Yeah, yeah. After, after all this is over, uh, I, you know, yeah. I, I used to be like that. I used to be like that. You know, my, my former boss in the studio would call me in the office and he's like a paiki, you know, he's based in Geylang, okay? Okay. So he called me and he said, Hey, what can I do? Huh? This is the same thing. The same thing is F. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's like, you know, to translate, okay? He says, look, uh, we're working in the studio, right? This is a business. 
And out of a sentence, out of ten words, nine of the words are all expletive, like F, 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 M, F, and all that, C, and all that. <laughs> and we are doing a business, we can't have that language in the studio. I say, okay, I'll try to tone down. I was one of the worst, okay? It, it's just, uh, uh, you can say it's a force of habit. Like, smoking is a force of habit, right? But the fact is, there is a underlying uh, thing that goes, that you want to be noticed. And all musicians want to be noticed, Okay. That's what we are. That's what we are practicing for, right? Yeah, that's what we are geared for, right? To yeah. be on stage and hey, look how badass am I? You know, I can play this. Yeah. You know, but as you grow older in in musicality, uh, you can't go like uh, it, it doesn't matter. What do I have to offer to the band? What can I what can I put into this whole musical concept? Right. You know, it's it's not a matter of hey, I'm gonna go out there and you know steal the show it's not about that anymore it's like why am I playing to to make sure that you know the, the band sounds good the song sounds good and that's part of uh, maturity la, in every uh, musician so we will get there la, sooner or I'm still getting there I'm still going there I'm still learning I think it's, all, it's always a, a learning phase you know like you keep learning and then you keep going through changes to make yes. up you know Yes, I think it's, it's okay to fail because I've failed many times. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be heartbroken. Uh, that's part of, of, of how a, a musician is. You know, like this COVID-19 thing, a lot of musicians are out of work. Yep. You know, or, yeah, my, my heart goes out to you guys because I'm, I'm one of those who are out of work. <laughs> same, same, same. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we will get through this. You know, no matter what we, no matter what is spoken, music, musicians are very resilient. Okay, they have to be resilient. Or else, how can you last like seven hours practicing? No way, la. One hour you think about bubble tea, already. <laughs> right? So we are a resilient lot. You know, so we can we can resist all these things. We can we can last through. So, I mean, we are as any normal people. We go through heartbreaks. Right? You know. Sulian, you know that people don't like you, dump you, and just embrace it, you know, embrace it and take it as part of your of your musical uh, experience. Journey, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why some of the nicest love songs that are written are by guys who actually have their hearts broken. Right, yeah. Chetor wasn't written by me. Okay, Chetor, the lyrics is written by this Taiwanese guy. Okay, right, right. So I I just done. <laughs> that's all. Okay, so. <laughs> It's got nothing to do. So that guy probably went through a whole lot of shit. Sorry, pardon my French. Probably went through a whole lot of stuff, and then that's why he wrote what he wrote, lah. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's, it's uh, part of growing up. But ego is something that we need to kind of like control a lot, a whole lot, lah. Yeah, lah. Yeah, that's true. I think like, I think we all have our phases, lah. But like, sometimes you need to realize, like, especially with like YouTube, Instagram, all these, you look at all these amazing people out there and how humble they are you know sometimes you just need to like realize that you need to eat some humble pie <laughs> right let's see uh, on, on some level I feel like it's interesting that you said all that because like I think people go through this as like a life lesson whether they are musicians or not mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's something that I think everyone has to go through at a certain point in their life but this is a topic for another very in-depth discussion <laughs> uh, when's our philosophy podcast starting <laughs> Yeah, we think about doing that, man. Yeah, smoke a pipe. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> see, uh, Justin is asking, how do you right. get your lobang to work in the Taiwan market? Cool. Lobang. This, this answer has to go back a uh, few oh. years. Uh. Yeah, there's no lobang. Uh. Basically, 
Get good, uh, man. <laughs> I I wrote my first song uh, in it was I don't want to mention the the name of the publishing firm, but basically they they they, they bought it real cheap, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was used by a very well known Hong Kong artist, and I think it became a minor hit. Sure. And that was probably what uh, got people to notice. Hey, this guy, this Jonathan Cole, his songs are not bad. Uh, but then again, I had the luxury of uh, the advantage of doing a whole lot of sessions. So my name was everywhere in in, in the Taiwan market, you know, and the album sleeves and all that. So that's how I got started. You know, there wasn't an intentional plan to say I want to break into the Taiwan market. It just happened. I think for people who are looking into getting in the music industry, right, you know, regardless of whether it's like Singapore industry, Taiwan industry, I think it's really about you know just playing, getting to get your name out there, get people to know who you are. Yeah. And I guess like I think like the easy, I think like a lot of things is understated is that you need to be someone that people can work with. It doesn't matter how amazing, like, like this brings back down the ego issue, right? It doesn't matter how amazing a musician you are, if people can't stand to be in the same room with you. No one was going to hire you. Now, I think a whole lot of it has to go with professionalism. Mm. Um, I don't know whether you guys know of Iskandar Ismail. Oh, Have you know, heard of Iskandar Mike. Ismail? <laughs> right. so, Iskandar Ismail is like the elder brother that I, I never had. Right. So he was the one who introduced me to the session scene. Uh, I played my first session with him, actually. Our, he, uh, there was one time when I was late for a session. Um, and I got chewed. I got chewed out by him. Okay, he says. He says, John. No matter what, you must be early for a session. You cannot be on time. On time is late. You know, don't ever be late for any session. So I said, okay, yes. And I, I listened to him. You know, the next session that I did with him, he was like one hour late. <laughs> <laughs> I keep. I, then he come in. He go, hey, sorry, I was caught in there. <laughs> so that's his usual stuff. And I love him now like, because I can't fault him. You know, because he, he is so busy. Uh, but I, I kept that advice uh, all these years. Uh, like, if I have a session, like, say, for example, at 10 o'clock call, I'll be there at like 9.30, latest. Okay, I'll probably be there earlier because I'll just go there and drink my coffee, set up my stuff, make sure my guitars are in tune, and then I'm ready to rock and roll by the time it, the, the clock hits 9.45. Mm. So whether the, the producer come late or not, that I I don't care. You know? But... The, the disadvantage of us as Singaporean uh, session is that we don't go by hour. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we go by tracks back then. Still mm. is and now I guess. Now I think I go by the song. Last time we were paid like how much per track, you know. So we can take a, we can do a session for four hours and just do one track. Yeah. If, the, if the producer is like very near one, or it's jalat, no? It cannot be four, okay? So... After that incident, right, the Hong Kong uh, sessions decided to charge by hour. Okay. So I have a very good uh, brother, a good brother friend. His name is So Tatwa, um, Furman So. So Furman, you're here. If you're here, I say hi. <laughs> if you're watching, if you're not, never mind. So sad. He's a great guitarist. Every Alan Tam, uh, Anita Mui, guitar, Wang Jie is all done by him. Yeah. Great guitarist, okay. So he was the one who told me that, you know, he also kind of this, this sort of producers that, you know, that takes hours just to do one track. So they decide to do it like an hour, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So you had to come early in that case. But for me, it was just a, a matter of professionalism. Mm. Come early lah. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I guess in every in every aspect, like whether you're you're recording or whether you're, you're doing a show, doing a gig, uh, coming for rehearsals, I have the privilege of working with many many good musicians. Uh, the current tour that I'm doing, um, you know, uh, with George Lamb, I have Jimmy, you know, the, the legend. Uh, he's a yeah. legend. Uh, you got Casey, Sebastian Ho, you know, uh, Joe uh, Joel. All star, I know. Oh, Sebastian uh, Ho is crazy, man. Uh, Anthony Kwa. So these guys are all like. That they know what they're doing, you know. Yeah. They, they know their stuff, so they come really early and they're super helpful, you know. So great band uh, to be la. But sometimes you end up with a band that you know that. Mm, okay, I'll stop there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, uh, we have another question. It is asking, what's your opinion on the newer modern style of guitars like Strember, Mercedes, Mionese? I'm not so privileged to know all these guitars because I, I by the by the by the sound of the name, uh, it <laughs> sounds really expensive. <laughs> you're not wrong, <laughs> uh, You're not wrong. Yeah, no, no, no. I stick to the the, the cheaper ones, lah. <laughs> Sorry, can't help you. Hey, okay, well, let's see. Uh, Yonghui is asking solid state or tube M single coils or humbuckers. Tube M's. Are as opposed to uh, pickups, solid, uh, single coil or humbuckers depend on the genre of music that you're playing and what you want to do. Yeah. Nowadays, you have the luxury of splitting coil. So you have a humbucker and you can split coil and have best mm-hmm. of both worlds. But just remember that a split coil in a humbucker will never sound the same as a, as single, a true single coil. coil. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Right. Right. So just remember close. that. You get close, but it's not a real single coil. No, no. It's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, like, if Jonathan says, you know, you got to listen to him, right? What is... You don't have to listen to me. <laughs> you know what? You know you know what? The, the, the thing is that don't listen to anyone. Um, yeah. You can listen, like, to what this person has to say, but arrive at your own conclusion. Yeah, Ultimately, yeah. that set of ears that you have is on the side of your head. Yeah. Those belong to you. Doesn't belong to me. You will hear things very differently from me. Yeah, you will hear yeah. things very different from Jace because he's a bassist, Right? You will hear things very different from Alvin because he's a nerd. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cool. Right? Everyone has, has different perception of what they want to hear. So, you, 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 you know, don't believe in everything that someone says. Oh, get the strime on. And then everybody go and spurge on the strime on it and get disappointed because there's so many knocks there. They don't know how to, yeah. how to figure it out. Yeah. And then Helix came out. Oh, let's get a Helix. And then go like, uh, I can't deal with this. I'm selling this. You know, unfortunately, in some ways, I feel like currently that's how the the musicians are like it can be like quite hype based uh. yeah, yeah. Sadly, uh. it's always been like that yeah back in those days back when uncle uncle was <laughs> one, we only had we only had like one pedal to work on like, we save like couple of months just to get that stupid pedal you know yeah. and I remember I got my first um, the orange uh, tube uh, thing from Ibanez before the uh What's that? The famous pedal that tube they screamer, have. Tube Screamer. Uh, before the Tube Screamer. They have another one before this. And I had that one. And I spent like a couple of months, half a year to save up to buy for that stupid pedal. And I and I gave it away. That pedal is an antique now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we will save money for each and indivi- each individual pedal. We will save for a compressor. And then the cheapest one around was the Boss pedals, right? Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. They worked beautifully. Nowadays, you've got so many boutiques pedals out there. Some of them... Don't do shit, just sound good. 
you know, but some of them are really good. Okay, mind you, some of them are really good. But you have all these pedals to play, and then what are you going to do is spend your whole life buying pedals? I have a friend who buy a lot of pedals. I don't know why you buy so many pedals. Mm -hmm. But do you get to use all of them? No. Yeah. 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 Mm. Buy and play, but never write any song. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not, it's not <laughs> of writing songs. I mean, there are guitar enthusiastic uh, collectors out there, you know, who just play and want to jam at home. Fine. You got the money yeah. to spare, you know. Just, yeah. I'm talking about mu the working musician. Mm -hmm. right. And I guess a lot of working musicians like me have come to the conclusion that you know there's 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 no need to spend so much money on all these expensive gears, just gears that that make sense. Mm -hmm. But I see Jay's having like he he was using a HS Storm, now he's he he has turned coat and goes the other way. No 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 okay. no no, so, no no actually. <laughs> <laughs> I I think for the new DSP. Ah uh, see. But recently I've been using the Zoom B one four Mm. So we 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 have uh kind of like come to the point where hey why am I carrying so many stuff, right? You know carry so many pedals la, Then yeah. got to make sure the power supply match with each other la, Then you know get get a MIDI controller to control all this shit. <laughs> then you, and you go to the to the to the gig you know with a pedal box so big. Yeah. Right? I've been there, done that. You know I used to have a a a, a rack uh effects rack that weighs yeah. forty five kg, mm. almost close to forty nine kg. Yeah, so I have everything inside. So I I will lug it along to the can die lah. My my back was giving <laughs> up already. Then I had two three guitars to carry plus that rack system. Yeah, and I I'm dependent on the MI supplier to give me my JCM eight hundred my Marshall, yeah. and sometimes the, the 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 venues that we played, you know, sometimes it's wet, leaking, yeah. tube spoil. Kita kaput. So from JCM hundred become Roland Jazz Chorus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to be fair, the Roland Just Cross has its place, lah, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I used Roland Just Cross before. I love it. Yeah. In that, in the, in those videos that I, I posted recently in Facebook about Ame's uh, first concert, it was just Just Chorus. Wait, is that is like that is like hundred and twenty watts of very Your clean, power of clean yeah. solid state power. So if you are running yeah. your own drives and everything, it is exactly. just like beautiful, like blank canvas. You know, like you can do whatever you want. Yeah, lah. Legendary M. Okay, let's see. Oh, we got so many. Uh, with this, this, all the great EM, if uh, pre-M effect processors like Factor can achieve great tone. So the question is, is it still worth it to pay top dollars for a guitar like Fuse aside? I guess this is kind of what we were going to touch on really, uh, because we we're talking about feels, all these like Fuse aside. Yeah. Feel, I mean, feel as in I, I feel like the, the big feel. thing. The big thing about playing, like, see, tone is something that you can achieve if you're here. I I feel lah. Uh, Right, if you if you can listen properly, then with some like basic gear, like even nowadays with a Helix native plugin, right, you can get great sounds out of your computer already. So at the end of the day, when you are playing guitar, it's really does it make you feel happy, you know? Right, having a good guitar makes it easier for you. Like to uh, me, to me I, I think it's easier, it's, it's like comfort lah. But Jonathan, what do you think? It's it's that it's that definitely is the comfort of how. You, but then again, there is tone. Um, I, I believe I touched on the subject in one of my videos in YouTube where um, a guitar that sounds good clean would definitely sound good when it's going through all the effects. Mm. So depending on your genre and what your preference is, like, the, okay, I'm not going to plug GNL, so I won't plug GNL. I'll plug someone else. Uh, say I have a, uh, okay, my music man, uh, Luke, right? Now, given the fact that this is just a generic 
a guitar from Music Man with EMG pickups. Somehow, it's it's like an active pickup, right? So a lot of people have their their concept about active pickups that they are sound they sound sterile, they don't have the character and all that. But when I picked up the guitar, you know, when I played, you you feel good, you know. That's apart from that, right? It's the clean sound that gets me, and it's so clean, and it has a tonal quality. Mm-hmm. So even when I bought my Fender uh, Japanese Strat, thousand um, dollars made in Japan, with very cheap ceramic pickups, you know, they actually have the ceramic pickups for single cost. When I played in the shop, you know, I I just fell in love with it. It's just the tone of it. Uh, clean through an amp, and, and it sounds good. It sounds great. Even today, it's still one of my favorite. And then the GNL, the Comanche, right, with the Z coil pickups. I love GNL uh, uh, Comanche for the longest time, you know, but didn't have a chance to play. So when I played, I wasn't disappointed because it sounds great, clean. So when I use it with my Helix or whatever stuff that I'm using, it just translate to what it is. Uh. And you know what? A lot of effects that we use, like for example, the distortion, the high gain stuff, they tend to color everything that the guitar has to offer. Yep. Uh, but you know what? A good guitar, right, with its distinct tone will always come through, eh? no matter what. Mm-hmm. Unless you're talking about Les Paul, because it's humbuckers, you know. So, mm-hmm. but you're talking about single call because no matter what, how many, how much, how much high gain you put, the character of the guitar will still pop up. Eh? And you know, for my Helix setup, I don't actually use drives. Uh, in my in my heavier sound, I actually use the uh, the gain section of the amps that I'm using. So actually right. running same. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was telling Alvin. Like I don't really like to use drive pedals. Yeah. I like to use gate, like amps to do my like distortion. Yeah. So I only use the drive pedal like in cleaner sounds when I'm using say a Fender Deluxe simulation uh, with an IR. Then I probably have uh, a, a a sort of booster pedal like the 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 is really nice. Yeah. You know? So I, I think one one thing I used to I I still do is I put a tube screamer before the M, but no distortion. I just like crank up the tone, just to tighten up the before it goes into the M. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, we got a question yeah. from Daniel. Hi, Jonathan. A lot of horror stories coming out of guitars made in China. However, with the long history of China in the area of music making, is there a brand with that that with quality can be comparable with the mainstream brands? Yes, uh, there's this brand called Sijie. Okay, um, apparently it's gaining a bit of traction in the states. Right. So I actually contacted the boss of Sijie through WeChat. Okay. What can I? What can I Okay. okay. So it's very nice guy. He's a very nice guy. So he actually wanted to send me a Telecaster. Then the COVID nineteen happened. Uh, so okay. yeah. So I I have to contact him again because whether his his factory is still up and running or not. Yeah, that would be a good review because apparently that guitar has uh, very, very, many, many good reviews uh, with good wood, good components, good pickups, good electronics. So, yeah, yeah there are, there are. I mean, I've been to China countless times. China itself is a crazy place, okay? If you are like a guitar collector, there are so many uh, independent uh, guitar makers in China yeah. which are really good, you know, really good craftsmen. They know what they are doing, uh, but expensive, lah in certain places uh. and they have very good app makers also. so they make and they, if you're into Dijen Dijen eh, <laughs> amps are all there okay the heavy metal amps they are all there and they are premier they are like you know the the, 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 the prime the prime quality type and they are not cheap right. so a lot of Chinese people are affluent nowadays so they'll buy la, they'll buy they custom make their amps you know so I think don't, like, uh, 
yeah, I mean, maybe we guys are so like uh, cocoon up here in 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 Singapore that we can't are uh, very influenced by the American media and the, yeah. the British media. That's just what I was going to say. Even the media is also. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 I, I traveled there so so often. You know, when I first started traveling there, I was I was kind of like, how come the airport like that? How come the toilet like that? You know. But as as the years went by, they improved so much that you know now I'm I'm so proud to be a Chinese. Okay? I'm Singaporean Chinese, but I'm still proud to be a Chinese. But there are many things inside China that uh, like you know the M manufacturers, the M the, the guitar factories and all that. They are all top class. Okay, they they're not. What the English people, the Americans always say, sweatshop, sweatshop. No, no yeah, more yeah. sweatshops. No more sweatshops. Sorry to disappoint y'all. There's no more sweatshops. <laughs> they are all like well-constructed factories with, you know, with good workforce and everything. With good, good conditions. Well, I think like even if you look at like brands like the made in China Squires, nowadays they are getting a lot better already. You know. Ah. Yeah. You don't even have to look far. You don't need to look for like Chinese brands. Like you are manufacturers. You get some very crazy good stuff out of China already. Yeah, we talk about China, not about Indonesia, our neighbor. Mm. They also make very good guitars. Yeah, like Ibanez, everything yes. is like now yeah. Ibanez, everything is from Indonesia. Yeah. Cod is from Indonesia. Tribute, the uh, GNL GNL tribute. Also. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like nowadays, you don't. Need, that's the thing, right? You don't need to spend so much to get very good quality instruments nowadays. Yeah. Right. So you know, like yeah. I think like there's always this stigma with like made in China stuff. Like it's like how how can I make Chinese stuff be good? Yeah, but if you, look, like, uh, if you look at everything around you, even the expensive stuff, right? A lot of them are made in China nowadays. Like if, in some form or other, even our components can be made in China, right? I it's uh, the way of the world, Okay, so people will say will say what they want to say. Like mm. one one of them actually posted something that haters will be haters, will always be haters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's like, that's. I mean, like my my iPad here is made in China, but it's it's great. <laughs> everything in my room, everything in my room is all made in China except yeah. for my monitor speakers and my Langley amp and this Vox amp that you guys have kindly loaned me. Yeah, right. The rest <laughs> are all made in China, but like, even expensive. like even my this base. Oh yeah, man. This is like I don't know, quite expensive, but these are made in China and it's still one China. of the best bases I ever played. In China. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are pushing that base, huh? Yeah, and uh, waiting for the endorsement. Endorsee. And think more, think more. You know what you do? <laughs> right, let's see. Uh, so, Kirill is asking, what's the biggest lesson you learn being a session musician? Learn how to read, <laughs> which I never did. Then how to so, there was, there was one because... Yeah, yeah, that's one of the biggest drawbacks, uh, biggest regret that I ever had, uh, not learning how to read. Um, actually, I wanted to go to GIT you know, uh, when I was playing, the, when I was like in a, in a band, uh, like 26 years, 27 years old, but I couldn't afford it. Um, so I always regretted the, the fact that I had never did learn how to read. I mean, I, I know how to read charts and all that, uh, but, you know, like, you know, sight reading and stuff like that, you know, I'm, I'm really bad at it. So, but, but, uh, it's a blessing because most of the sessions that I do, in fact, all the sessions that I do, are, the producer will come and say, okay, uh, the solo section, there's 16 bars here, 8 bars here, you just do what you want to do. So they always give me that freedom and they kind of know what my style is going to be like. So like, and I'm, I, I got I to gotta be like Johnny on the spot, like, you know, think of melodies to play. 
And that's why I always tell people that uh, a, a good solo is, is actually basically a song within a song. Mm. You know? And yeah, that's one of the lessons that, that I can I can take from, from doing sessions, you know, learn how to read. Like. I mean, it will help you, like, it will not deter you. A lot of people say, oh, you learn how to read, you got no feel. No, like, bullshit, like. sorry. You know, I think learning how to read is a very good advantage because then you know what's going to happen, like two bars ahead. You can plan out certain things, you know. You know more about uh, modes and, you know, model stuff, chordal stuff, and you expand. You know, I'm not actually a very good guitarist, to tell you frankly. No, I'm not being... Uh, not doing like a false humility thing, okay? I'm not really a good guitarist. There are, there are lots of good, great guitarists out there. You know, um, I think my 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 specialty is uh, making melodies. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So when I'm playing a solo, there is actually a, melo- a melodic element to it instead of just like you know notes. You know, I've been there, done that. You know, the wang harmonics la, double tapping and all that. Yeah. <laughs> but after a while, it's, it's just like okay, you, you need to if you know most of the, the 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 most happening solos I heard on on records or on CDs or you know the the, the, the music that I've heard are all melodious solos and not really fancy. Once in a while, you get Van Halen soloing on beat it, right? That's cool. But think about it, it's still melodious. Yeah. There's still melody in it. Are mm. uh, yeah Basically, that's why I I I, I think I can. I'll be learned from there la, mm. in my, my time in the studio that's the that's the thing that I think no other musician can take from you uh. it is your ability to craft that melodies on your own uh, you know yeah it's like well I guess I guess uh, a part of it has to come from the fact that I write songs yeah mm. so um, I can write songs like just like that you know I can write a song right now for you if you want to but then I don't know whether you can afford to pay me la. you got to publisher <laughs> Right. But it's like some of us. Okay, now we touch on another subject about some of us. Uh, some of the question posed to me is, um, do we need to have talent to survive in this in this industry? Yep. Yes, we need to have talent, and some of us may have talent that is not uh, overwhelmingly uh, obvious, mm-hmm. but through hard work through perseverance, through practice and going out there and learn, you can actually expand that 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 that, that base. Some of us don't have, even have to go there. You know, Jimi Hendrix, well, he learned how to read. You know, he just played here. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Walsh, does he know how to read? No, he just played <laughs> So, there are guys out there who just beaming, you know, fill, filling out with Overwhelming talent. Overwhelming with talent. Yeah. yeah. So, those are the lucky people, la. Or we call it in our Christian circle, the blessed people, la, you know? So, they are blessed with talents. Right. But some of us may not have that, so we have to spend a lot of time with the guitar, you know, practicing, and that's how we get there. La. But, you know, uh, like making up melodies and like, you know, understanding uh, what should go here, what should go there, what chords to use for this and all that, that, that takes experience. It's just a matter of like, you know, after many years of listening to a whole lot of music and then yeah. playing, then you kind of like get that. And a lot of uh, young players ask me, uh, what's the first thing that they should do to improve the guitar playing? I always say the same thing. Listen to a whole lot of music. Right. Listen to every genre of music. Okay, uh, I'm seeing a lot of questions on the stream, so we'll try to get to all of you, but I apologize if we miss out some of you, right? Okay, next question. Gary asks, have you broken any strings during a live performance? 
And, <laughs> and if so, how do you recover from it? Uh, <laughs> being a Singaporean guitarist, we are not afforded the luxury of having a roadie. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have guys standing by there, oh, I'll change guitar string, no, give you another guitar, no, no such things. So there are many times that um, I, I used to break a whole lot of strings. So I was using 09s with Freud Rose. So oh, no. And this was horror during... Story. Uh, this is the true horror story. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, you haven't heard the true horror story. I'm going to tell you the whole true horror story, okay? <laughs> so, uh, this was during Army, okay? Uh, when I was during Army. So I used to break strings a whole lot. And the rest of the band would be like, Okay, is he gonna break now? <laughs> I can feel the tension. Yeah, is he gonna break now? So many times I never disappoint. I swear it will break, lah. But I, I've come. I, I, have honed it down to changing a string with my front rows in under three minutes, uh, or four minutes. Wow, that's yeah. real talent. That, Wait, that's the all real the strings or one string? <laughs> yeah, but that is because if my mind is like you know working, but my mind that day was like then it probably take longer than maybe ten minutes, up to ten minutes sometimes because you can't find. Uh, you know, where's the screw Allen key and all that. And especially as you grow older, your eyesight will fail you. And then the stage is dark, right? So, yeah. And then when you break a string in a Ford Rose, it's so frustrating because in their spring, right? The yeah. tremolo arm, everything will go out to you. So that's one of it. The the other the other thing that uh, the real horror story is when when you are playing in uh, cold weather, like for example, we used to tour uh, a whole lot in China where uh, like I, I did a recent tour well, not really recent. I mean, after I'm Amazing Tour, I did with uh, Zhang Xingzhe, Jeff Chang, and we toured all over China. So there were places that are really dry, and really cold, and it's very brittle. And then your fingers, if you don't drink enough money, uh, water, it becomes brittle. Yeah, yeah. So I have fingernails on my, on, my, on my right hand. So sometimes when I'm playing, and then you forget about the intensity that you're playing, and then my fingernails just went into the string, and they cut into the, ah. you know? Just goes in there here and then you just like, stuck there. Yeah. And then you go, shit, shit, bit, bit, bit. But how to get out? How to get out? How to get out? <laughs> and then the solo went by you. And the whole band look at you and then you go out and it's bleeding all over the place, you know. Oh, man. So you want a horror story? <laughs> That's them metal, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that would just screw you up for a couple of days uh, because you can't play it yet. Yeah. So I have to use my middle finger to, you know, to play with a pick. No, God forbid anything happened to the left hand. Uh. That, that means gone, game over. Okay. Okay, uh, the other hand. thing about the left hand is when you are bending notes, right? So sometimes you bend and then uh, you know the 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 skin will, will push, right? And then yeah. it, will, it will come away from the nail. Yeah. yeah. Then you go in between the nail and the... <laughs> no, the string doesn't go in between. It's just that the, 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 the skin will peel from the nail. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Bleed, you know? Ugh. That is bad. That is really bad. My, my, and then my, when you're doing consecutive tours, you, it's, it's very hard. Uh, my tip is use super glue. <laughs> super glue helps. Is it what? Super glue your finger? Yeah, super glue the wound. Yeah. Like, oh. it will cover the wound. But it will, it will be very painful like, at first. Uh. It's, yeah, it's painful, but at least like, it stops the string touching your bare flesh. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had to use super glue <laughs> a few times. Because I use like, like consecutive periods of shows and then like, I had to like like the blister just pop and then I super glue it and just continue playing. That is new to me. Yeah. Actually, I think that was how the, like the the original idea of super glue was to you know as a as a as a bet like a war, like in better times you know. 
yeah. <laughs> think too much lah. Like, you watch too much horror. Yeah. You watch too much horror. You watch too much horror. You watch too much horror. Yeah, but I I learned the <laughs> I learned the super glue thing from like Flea. Uh, Flea was saying that he, you know he slaps a lot and then he will like super glue his hand to play. Let's All see. Right. Hey, there's this guy, Mister Long. Why is he asking? <laughs> How, How do you, do you see, see the future? future of SG musicians and our local music scene after COVID nineteen? <laughs> so, Minister Jonathan Cole will now address the questions. <laughs> Isaac is saying like you know Superglue was developed as a better film medical supply see I was right <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a proven fact you know yeah. I think I think uh, as pertaining to the question uh, by Long um, things are really bleak now uh, because our profession uh, require crowds right we, yeah, we, we yeah. need people to come so as long as this uh, this COVID-19 is in place uh, I don't see anything happening now, and it's the damage is going to be like long lasting because it's going to affect all the F&B yeah. uh, establishments, the uh, the casinos, you know, wherever like you know places that that they used to have concerts and, and, and music, live bars and that. It will probably last until the vaccine is found and people are all vaccinated, and even then, it's not like guaranteed that you know there won't be any aftermath or any after effect. The, the the real question is what are we supposed to do in the meantime uh, for a lot of musicians like me are uh, there are occasions where music productions are still running mm. like you know right now I'm still working on an album uh, but but that is far and few in between right because once this whole music industry is affected by COVID-19 it affects everywhere including, including music productions yeah. uh, there are some of the uh, productions that are still going on in China because China is like one of the one of the fastest country to actually recover la. so they actually started doing their own shows way before anything else so there are still jobs that have been available from China and I think uh, some are good arrangers great arrangers from Singapore are still doing jobs there so they're you know, for them, it's, it's, it's still there. But for the rest of us who are gigging, you know, working musicians, you know, we will probably have to write this thing through. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I seriously do not know how to answer the question. All I need, all I can probably advise is that you guys probably have to find something else to do other than just depend, be totally dependent on, on, on your night gigs and all that. You know, if you can teach, teach. Or uh, if you can't teach, then uh, maybe learn. <laughs> yeah. Right? If you have the resources, learn. If you don't have the resources, and if your family is suffering uh, because of your finances, then either seek help from the government, the MPs, or uh, get a job elsewhere. Find other employment. I know it's easier said than done. I know I'm. I'm so sorry if I'm if I sound very insensitive. Uh, because I have three kids. You know, I have three kids and two dogs. Okay, I, I don't stay in a bungalow. I stay in a three-room flat. I'm actually in the same situation as you guys, you know. So for me, I started this YouTube, but YouTube is not earning me a whole lot of money. Okay, it right. doesn't pay me anything, but it's a, it's something to keep my mind going. I'm gonna hit sixty soon, so you know, if I if I don't keep my mind working, you know, my mind will go blank, and I'll be like a senile old man, right? So shredding like mad, but like, like yeah. uh, then repeating myself, you know. In, so I don't want to go there. So I, I, I try to find things to do. Yeah. But for you young musicians out there, you know, take this time to improve. Lah. I mean, that's the best time because 
nothing is happening. So if nothing is happening, if I have the means to survive without any finances, or I can do like odd jobs, like doing deliveries, or you know whatever you need to do, uh, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of things to do. Like if you if you want to find, uh. in the meantime, just learn, uh, learn what you can. You know? Yeah, I think we were talking a little bit about this about yes, like about this yesterday night also. Then we were talking about um, this is something I think Jing Fu's podcast was talking about the other day also. How like musicians' careers need to be more. Um, sustainable, you know, instead of like straight away, like how do I, you know, earn a lot of money or getting super famous or any kind of thing. Yeah, so right now, I think in this climate, a lot of people like starting to do like their own live stream. So like you say, they are learning, they are doing their own thing. Then they are reaching out in different like avenues of like Patreon, like you yourself, you have Patreon also. And then, you know, like what's, what's that coffee app <laughs> that people can like tip you for like basking and all that kind coffee, of thing. Coffee, coffee. Coffee. Ko-fi. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, something like that, lah. I think. Yeah, these are things that, in the meantime, that uh, musicians can tap on. Yeah, yeah. But do remember that there will be influx of this. Yeah. And then there will be a lot of this, and uh, you you have to kind of like figure out where which niche you fall into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, the future of of the music industry in Singapore is actually very uh, volatile. Because unless the government step in with certain uh, enforcement of, of rules, mm. like you know, uh, no more employing foreign bands, for example, <laughs> and oh uh, what? no, nothing against the foreign musicians because they are very talented people. I, I believe in competition. Yeah, but because if there's no competition, we get complacent anyway. That's true. But there must be a quota to it. I think uh, there's a there's a. I think we need to set a. Okay, this, this is just my opinion uh, We need to set a minimum price. Like that's the thing. A lot of like these bands, right? They are like undercharging so much that like us local bands cannot find no, it. Right? No, no, look, look at it. Look at it this way. It's about the establishment themselves. That's true. The, the pub owners, okay? Mm. They are going for profit, and that's it. Yeah. Typical yeah. business uh, mindset. So I can't fault them for it. Mm. But the government has to come and say, okay, we got to protect our local talents. And then yes, it's yeah. all about what they can do or what they are willing to do. Right, so if they are willing to step in, that'll be fine. Then at least it guarantees us a a, a, a stable uh, source of income from local. You know, we don't want to go out. Mm-hmm. You know, we have met American musicians back in the in the, in the eighties and nineties, and these musicians are good. They are from like places like New York City, Detroit, and they come over. You know, and we asked them and said, "Hey, why are you guys doing all the way here in Singapore?" I said, "There's no job in New York City, mm-hmm. so there's no job. They go out, but." Singaporeans, you know, we are like, we are so, uh, no matter whether you're Malay, Indian, Chinese, you know, we are all like very uh, homely people. Like we want to be where our moms are, where our dads are, you know, where our family is. We don't want to like travel somewhere like for months or for years. man. So it's good for us to be here. And if there's work here, why not just stay here? And then we ply our trade. Lah. I mean, we get better, right? Mm. There are a whole lot of bands back in the 80s that are really kick-ass par to par with the British and American band. Seriously, I'm not joking, you know. Great bands, you know. And why why we can reach that at that time with the lack of technology and we can't do it now. Mm. There's no there's, there's no reason why we cannot do it now. It, it's just a matter of readjusting uh, our infrastructure, uh, our entertainment infrastructure. I mean, easier to say than done. Uh. I'm not a politician, so mm. what the hell do I know? Mm. <laughs> Interesting perspective, okay. though. Yeah. Okay. See, uh, we have a Sean Lee in the comment section asking you for a copy at Marine Parade. <laughs> uh, 
Can I have the COVID-19? <laughs> <laughs> you buy the coffee. He also asked if you will write a song for Shigashi. Do you know who Shigashi is? No. Local rapper? No. I haven't wrote a song for anyone locally. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No one can afford you to hear me, man. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no lah. Okay, uh, favorite IR for the Helix? Sigma. Yes, three Sigma is my favorite. Yes, well. Sigma. Not just, not just for guitar, for bass also. I think they are quite accurate. Mm. I, I've heard quite a lot of them. Uh. Some of them are like a lot of hype, uh, but they don't do nothing. Yeah, I think I think three Sigma, you can't go wrong. And they are, not, they are very affordable. Yes. Let's see. <laughs> Isaac is <laughs> really on about this super glue thing. Uh. <laughs> Even at Google about it. <laughs> Uh, we believe you, Isaac. We believe you. Jarvis, Jarvis is here. Yeah, Jarvis in the comments. Like if you're okay, so like we have a question is uh from what good YouTube guitar channels do you guys follow? Recommend? I recommend Jonathan Cole and Jarvis Wong. Yeah, guitar spa. <laughs> yes, guitar spa. Jarvis is a great guy. Uh, I remember he fixed my my uh my RR back speaker for my GS Mini many many years back. And he was so professional and so so nice lah. And uh, I, I I saw his channel. He's, he's a great reviewer of yeah. acoustic guitars. Yeah. So like, if you want to see some great reviews of acoustic guitars, you know, head over to Guitar Spa. And if you need some good guitar setups, also head over there. Mm. Any plans to write a COVID song and win a thousand dollars? No. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. You heard it here first. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. We disappeared for a moment there. Let's see what else. I think that is really That's most of the questions. Yeah. Oh, we got one from Jonathan. Another Jonathan. Jonathan Quack. How do you ensure that your tones translate well to a live setting when tweaking at home? Very good question. About time someone asked some questions like that. <laughs> uh, you need you need good monitor system at home because I have a set of um, Audix studio monitors. These are not made in um, not the the cheap Audix. These are like the earlier ones that I bought. They are made actually in the US, so they're pretty good and they lasted a long time. The fuse keep on blowing at one time, but you know now it's okay. So uh, anyway, what I do is that I I have Helix Native. In case you do not know what is Helix Native, Helix Native is a it's a plugin that you that works the same as a Helix. Uh, that works with your door. So I use the Helix Native to kind of tone what I need to do. And I have a lot of guitars, right? So sometimes, you know, we it's in our dream to bring every guitar to the rig, to the gig. So I have I have settings for my Strat, my Les Paul, my Tokai, my GNL. So I have every settings for every individual guitars. So I get all my sounds from here and then I'll transfer whatever settings I have into my Helix. Mm. And half the time, well, let's say maybe 85% of the time, I don't have to do any tweaking with my Helix. Everything is set already. The only thing that I need to do in the Helix is the global setting, like the global EQ. So every venue is very different. But nowadays, I don't even do that, okay? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because we used to have, my setup used to have like a, a, a stereo form on in front of me. And these are just for my guitars. Uh, no vocals, no drums, nothing, because everything is in here. The reason why I have the floor mode is because I can kind of like listen to it and kind of like 
uh, fine-tune what I need to hear, whether the tone is the right tone for that particular guitar. And also because I need a fallback, you know, a, a sort of feedback loop. So when I'm playing like high gain, I can actually have feedback. Do you know what I mean? Feedback. Yeah. So it serves two purposes. But in certain venues where, say for example, uh, the FOH thinks that, the FOH means the front of house engineer thinks that the whole stage volume is too loud, they will probably request that you take off the, the, the monitors or bring it down real soft to ne to negligent. This means like, you know, it's, you, you don't have to use it anymore. Yeah. So no more stage monitors. And then you have to be totally dependent on your yes. yes. Yeah. So if that's the case, there's no need to adjust anymore because whatever you have at home will work already. So it's up to the FOH to kind of like tone off. And you are his mercy. La. If you don't like you, you muffle you. La. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Right. So when me and we and me and Sebastian uh, play on stage, he'll be using his Vectol, right? And then I'll be using my Helix. So at one point we were having stage pointers, but then um, we kind of took out the stage pointers. So in a way, it's easier, la, But you know, it's kind of like you know, it doesn't have that 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 sort of a feedback feel from from the from front pointers. Right. Very interesting. Okay, I think we probably will just take one last question from the comment section. Uh, from Isaac. How do you see music developing in the online realm since COVID-19 looks like it'll completely change the way everybody does business? Yeah, we kind of talked a little bit about that earlier just now. So, we're seeing more improvise. live streams. <laughs> improvise. Adapt. Overcome. Overcome. <laughs> uh, you know what? Actually, I think of uh, there are many ways you can actually uh, do this is when they develop something or software you know actually I gave it a try because um, James Wu from Soft actually uh, asked me to kind of test out this software right. where you can actually jam in real time yes uh, uh, that, that, that is pretty interesting you know so if, if that can take off and if that has been developed nicely then you will probably see more band performances on stage I mean on stage lah. see now online lah. Yeah. and I think the the only way to do this is maybe the local band should start writing original music uh, publish it on YouTube or whatever but first get a publisher if you can if you cannot never mind just 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 register the song at least you know Yep. in one way or another to protect yourself so people don't rip you off mm. right so that's one way to do it and then to kind of like have revenues coming in from the YouTube views as well as maybe getting a record deal from who knows who lah. so that's probably one of the ways that an independent music maker can probably cover a living online okay Javis has one question uh, prefer floor, he prefers floor monitors that can feel the song environment which he also prefer right how do he? How do you compensate with in year? I guess you can't really like. It's like in year is kind of like bopin lah. You have to use it lah, right? It depends on in year uh, monitors ah. Um, through the years I've accumulated, uh, not a whole lot, you know. You know who accumulates a whole lot of in year monitors? Jimmy Lee, the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a whole. He's got like a a, a library of in year monitors, uh, but. I'm I'm actually quite blessed to have a a, a sure, uh, eight four six. Oh wow, expensive so, good stuff. Yeah, so that that actually translates very well to what I'm hearing outside. So it's quite accurate. So it depends on the quality of your of your in ear monitors. 
But nowadays, you don't have to pay a lot of money for that because there are a lot like the KZ you now for AliExpress. Yeah. You know. They work. Yeah. They work. Chai Fi. Okay. Okay, right. uh, how many guitars do you have and anyone in your family having the same interest <laughs> <laughs> what's the what total else? count man what we're talking about uh, I do, I, you guys don't want to get me in trouble lah, please <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my wife always complain whenever like new guitars come in for reviews you know just tell us about what? the one that you declare before <laughs> <laughs> My my two girls play. My two I have, I have three kids. So my eldest is uh, married. You know he's she's married to a very good drummer, my son-in-law, right? So uh, she plays. She plays and she sings, and she's a really good singer. My second daughter is 26, so she also plays and sings, and they're they're both great. Yeah, my son is uh, 20 years old, so he's autistic, uh, on a lower spectrum, not so bad. So he has no interest in music there. Yeah, my wife uh, is a screamer. No, I saw my guitar. Sing vocals, uh. <laughs> DJ, DJ. Why so many? I need, I need guest vocals on my list. We need a, we need a sample and put in a song. <laughs> okay, I think, I think we have one more. Uh, let's do one last question before we end things off for today. Yeah, we're gonna right. cut off the stream. So right. Right. Uh, Gary's asking are you still curious to learn another musical instrument that you have not played before Ooh, that's yes I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking of learning uh, uh, either a lap steel or a pedal steel Ooh. I always find oh. the pedal steel guitar fascinating you know uh, the dobro is another one uh, I played the mandolin I'm not very good at mandolin the banjo uh, I give up I'm because... googling lap steel right now <laughs> your lap steel oh. okay if you go look at this uh, what's his name Mark Latieri Right, he has a lot of lap steel in his stuff. And he's like he's not normally playing lap steel, but his lap steel play is amazing. There's there is a fantastic pedal steel guitar player. Uh forgot his name. A local guy. Uh he used to be with Matthew and the Mandarins. I mean he's getting on in age now, but he's an incredible uh pedal steel guitar player. The other guy that played pedal steel is Leonard. Uh I forgot his name. Leonard Rizal. Yeah, 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 and he's a uh, he's a great he's a great pedal steel guitar. Also, I use him for some recordings which I produced last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. All right. I think uh, thanks, Jonathan, for thanks, Jonathan. chat. Thanks. Like, for I really enjoyed this. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Thank a- you. Anyone, if uh, if if anyone else has any questions in the uh, in the comment section, uh, head on over to Jonathan's channel where he does regular live streams now. And ask him there, then you can find out for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my my live stream is a bit late lah for some because I have it like one a.m. to cater to the North Americans, <laughs> to the Europeans. So I'm trying to shift that timing up to maybe about ten or eleven p.m. so to cater to some Singaporeans too. And if you guys want to drop by, just drop by now. Mm. But on on a, on a last note, I just want to tell you guys, Jace and Elvin, that you you and Kamal and the rest of the guys in Sydney music, you know. Okay, I, I didn't actually tell it to you face-to-face, so I'm, I'm going to tell you online so I, I, the whole world can listen to this. Right, right. You guys are one of the nicest bunch of uh, young people that I ever met, and you guys are talented. You guys can play. Aww. You are knowledgeable, professional. And so not, this is not a plug-in to city music at all because right. you know this is your own individual professionalism. And I want to yeah, say thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Jonathan. Nice you need guys like you, okay? In this in this industry, you need guys like you because 
we have been so saturated with bad service and unprofessional people so many years, you know. So it's a good turnaround. Thanks, Jonathan. Okay, we're doing our best. Thanks for the nice good. words. coming from you, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll do this again soon sometime, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> See how things go. Right. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, thanks yeah. guys, for tuning in. Like hey, we got a lot of people who enjoyed the session in the in the comments, man. Thanks for all your lovely words. Thanks for your questions. Uh, Liang say, give <laughs> these guys a raise. <laughs> what? Thanks for the shout out, Tian Liang. Uh, we'll tag our boss in the. <laughs> we'll tag our boss in the comments. Okay. Thanks, yeah. guys. So that's it. Uh, thanks, thanks, Jace. Also, thanks, Jordan. Thanks for being here. It's nice hanging out with you guys this afternoon. Right, thanks, thanks, you guys in the audience for tuning in. Yeah. Like, it was fun, really. Like, just yeah. having guys interacting. Right. I hope you guys enjoy our stream. I'll chat with Jordan. Feel free to check out his channel. Yes. Yeah, and I think we're ending off here. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks bye, guys. Fam. We'll see you guys. All right, gentlemen, please smile and wave. <laughs> see you guys in the next one. All right.